Hello, and welcome to the TV Movie Rewind Podcast with Matt and Todd. Hi, everyone. Todd, today we are recording our 100th episode. Oh, wow. So, for something big, I figured we should do something big. And one of the biggest action movies of our youth was a little something called Rambo First Blood Part 2. That's right. 1985, it was, I mean, to say it was a blockbuster is still kind of underestimating it by half. I mean, it's it's cultural significance, um, enduring cultural significance uh, can't be be denied, yeah. I mean, for a while, I mean, Rambo was even a slang word for, like, Mm -hmm. being violent or, you know, attacking and... Yeah, basically the one-man army, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, to the point where, like, uh, if you recall the the song "The Rain" by Orrin Juice Jones, at one point in the song, when he's talking about how he followed the girl and saw her walking in the rain with another man, he run up on him into a Rambo. That's right. But it, instead, he chilled. That's right. I mean, you know, this this was yeah, it was part of the lexicon. It was part of the culture. There was he was the cover of Mad Magazine. You know, the Akari Warriors mm-hmm. were based on the look of Rambo. I mean, the the movie has been you know directly cloned um, in multiple languages. You know, um, all sorts of different versions. Um, some just you know with the same name, but maybe a slightly different story. Uh, cause you know, this, this is, um, well, we'll get into it, but yeah, like, and, and then others, like, I mean, you could argue to an extent, just the career of almost any one man army action hero, um, you know, building upon it later. It was definitely, it set the standard for action movies for the next few years. For sure. And again, like this is another one of those sequels that really, defines the the franchise more than right. the original movie did. Right, right. And um you know in in later years as I got older I grew to appreciate um First Blood an awful lot more but I mean 10 year old me like this movie was amazing. I mean it's, well, it I mean, still is amazing. It's still awesome but uh in a different way, you know. You know, First Blood was a major context. hit. I mean, it was it was huge, but yeah, I mean, even I remember as a kid, I liked Rambo, First Blood Part Two better. Well, because yeah, because you could play this with your toys, you could play it with your friends. You couldn't really do First Blood with your friends. That'd be kind of dark for a bunch of ten year olds, but you know. yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and as dark as the movie is, it's a hundred thousand times lighter than the novel first blood is based on oh for sure for sure because like i mean i can't remember i honestly think i saw rambo first um uh and then first blood later but like i you know i remember again very young me being more or less disappointed with first blood because a lot of the themes went entirely over my head and to be fair a lot of the themes went entirely over my head in this movie too uh you know that didn't involve some sort of like exploding bow and arrow or like gearing up or him running around you know screaming and blowing up stuff with a helicopter in other words anything i couldn't do with my gi joes uh a half an hour later in the backyard <laughs> exactly exactly and you know this movie it it changed the name of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, yeah. 
if Rambo like First Blood became Rambo First Blood, yeah. Yeah, and then the next, you know, the next movie was Rambo 3. They didn't even bother with the First Blood anymore. And, you know, it's it's also, you know, you, you put it in the line of, like, the Friday the 13th series. That wasn't really defined until, like, the third movie. For sure. You know, Jason is the established killer, and he gets his hockey mask. That's the third movie. Right. That that's where you get your iconography ultimately from. Yeah, yeah uh, a lot of people, you know, feel Terminator Two overshadows Terminator. Uh, the Death Wish movies definitely, uh, the franchise definitely takes a redirect from the original movie and turns it into more of just a basic vigilante action film series. Oh, no question, no question. This movie. Define like I said, it defined action films for at least the next three years. Yeah, I mean, every movie, every movie wanted to be it, and every movie would ultimately be well, not every movie, but but you could tell like what movie was trying to be the next Rambo, and uh, I was down for every single one of them. We've watched a lot of them. Still will. They made it for twenty five million. It made three hundred million. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's 1985 money. Right, right. That's that's an incredible return. I mean, critically, it bombed, and with reasonable reason, but, um, man, it's still an awesome movie. Again, it's one of those movies that you could say is awesome, not necessarily good, but awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... It, when you think of Rambo, you think of Rambo First Blood Part 2. Right. You you almost forget, and, and I talk to people all the time who, who like, forget that First Blood is really just a totally different movie. It's a completely different movie. Yeah. From what, what came later. I mean, we can't really talk about Rambo First Blood Part Two without talking about First Blood. Well and you and you honestly, I mean you can't ca- you can't talk about the character of Rambo without talking about First Blood because he carry despite the fact that the first movie is totally different from the rest, certainly from two and three, uh, he carries the same theme throughout them all. Like it's the same. It's the same motivation. It's the same underlying theme. Yeah, and yeah, we were way too young at the time to understand. You know the exactly any the, sort of the context. I didn't understand a word of the context. I don't even think I was even vaguely aware that a Vietnam War had happened. I mean, I was certainly familiar with Nazis in World War Two because there was more than enough of that. Um, you know, because that was you know on TV only like thirty, you know, forty years later. So a lot of that stuff was in reruns. So like, I mean. I barely knew about anything in this movie except that a lot of stuff exploded. It was kind of cool. <laughs> Again, GI Joe. Like, I've just everything was in context of GI Joe, most likely, to a nine or ten year old. My mind still boggles at the un, the despicable, disgusting treatment these Vietnam veterans came home to, mm-hmm. and were treated by a certain section. Of our certain set of people of our country, right? Uh, it is so abysmal. It is so disgusting, right? That I mean, you know, it, it's like you know, as divided as our country is today, the one thing almost everybody can seemingly agree on is that you support the troops, whether you support the war, whether you understand the war, you support the men and women fighting in it. Certainly the ones just drafted and thrown there out of high school. 
you know. <laughs> um, <And laughs> they certainly didn't ask to be there. <laughs> oh, some did, but I mean, you know what I mean, you know. Um, they're just thrown in there, sent through hell, and then just sent back, and then they're treated like garbage, you know, because they were unlucky enough to be sent there. Yeah. Well, anyways, I mean... But I mean, again, well, we had to bring that up because that is the underlying theme of... I mean, beside being a one-man army killing machine, which is the other archetype of Rambo, and it's established pretty much immediately uh, in the franchise, which is kind of the point, you know? Like, don't mess with him. (laughs) This is... is He's ultimately a very dangerous dude, but really just wants to be left alone because he... You know, this is what he carries with him. This sense of... um, like he wants to be a patriot. He wants to. He he wants that duty. Like he, you know, he loves the country, but um, he's also enraged. You know, he's just he's just pent up rage. Yeah, which is which carries through the every single one. As well. yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I'm. It's how you you have to. I mean, first blood's an excellent movie, and you should see it. But um, yeah, it's a, it's important because it does it, it connects you through the rest of them. As 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 silly as two and three can be, it does connect you through the rest of them. And it, it we will no doubt be covering First Blood at some point in mm-hmm. the future on this pub podcast. Because it's a substantially different movie. Yeah. yeah. The, there's no reason to go in-depth into it. And again, anybody listen to our podcast knows First Blood. I, I find it hard to believe, even if they haven't seen it, that they don't know it. You're at least aware of it, because you've most likely seen Rambo by now. Um, and if you haven't, I mean, come on. It's it's like the seminal action movie. See it? Or, I mean, it's really not. I mean, there have been action movies forever. But, I mean, to the, again, the one-man army, to the um, career that we know Stallone by, and to an extent, other action heroes by, like, this is the movie if you want to see it, if you haven't. But if you were a kid in the 80s, Rambo First Blood Part Two was just the ultimate. Oh, for sure. It was like a manual to be a to to, to be like a boy in in the nineteen eighties. Oh, there. Were, I mean, especially, that was I mean, how you played. It's like you just just see Rambo and you'll get it. Like this is what we're gonna do, like for the rest of our lives, or at least until we're like twelve. I mean, by nineteen eighty five, that was really when when Star Wars was taking its last. I mean, it's again, Star Wars is back and is pretty much almost as strong as ever. Mm-hmm. But and it doesn't look much. like it's going to go to sleep anytime soon. But, it, you know, people forget maybe now that Star Wars went to sleep for a good long time. It, like, hibernated. Especially in 1985, two mm-hmm. years after Return of the Jedi. The comics ended. The toy line ended. The, the, there was a period where Star Wars was literally dead. Right. It was as dead as, uh, well, Star Trek was at the time, I guess. And Reagan's America was giving us... G.I. Joe, a real American hero. Red Dawn. Damn right. And another thing that was really prevalent at this time was the are there still POWs in Vietnam? Mm. And are we going to go over there and get our boys back? Yeah, because you had said this is what, the third um, by the time uh, that this movie had come out? Obviously, the, it's apparently the most famous, you would say, but it's the, it's the third one, right? It's the third in as many years. The as first years. one in, 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 um, well, maybe, yeah, I believe Uncommon Valor was 83, and Missing in Action was 84, and this was 85. Got it. I was going to say, I know Missing in Action, like people forget Missing in Action actually came out before Rambo. Well, it because he wasn't copying Rambo. Um, well, it was, but but sort of because they came out faster. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, apparently because James Cameron's script, because James Cameron co-wrote the yeah, screenplay. James Cameron wrote, co-wrote this. I, I didn't realize that until what uh, when we watched it Friday, like 30-something years later. He, yeah, he co-wrote the screenplay with, with uh, Stallone uh, based on a story by, I forget the man's name, something Jer. And it was that that screenplay had been making its rounds through, you know, different companies. And, you know, apparently Canon got a look at it and saw the potential for it, quickly rushed out missing an action in one and two because they wanted to get it out before Rambo hit mm. so they could avoid any of the, you know, claims of like, well, you copied us. Well, right. how could we copy you? We came out first, exactly. First. Yeah. But you can definitely see if you watch Missing in Action and Rambo, First Blood Part Two, you can definitely see the parallels throughout the story. Oh, for sure. You know? I mean, the posters alone will tell you that. <laughs> well, but again, they're both, you know, burned out Vietnam veterans who served time in a P- as POWs themselves before escaping from the camp, making their way back to, you know, friendly, you know, territory and then wanting to go back and rescue their brethren. So, Rainbow First Blood Part 2 starts out in the uh, prison where Rambo is doing hard labor for the crimes he committed in the first movie. And, you know, Troutman, played by Richard Crenna, his former commanding officer, is, you know, comes to him and says, hey, I think I can get you out of here and, you know, you you can do this mission that we're working on where we want to recover. We, we believe we've located some American POW still being held in Vietnam. And, you know, we want you for the mission to see if we can get them back. And even Rambo still like a little reluctant because of the way his country had treated him. And, you know, in prison, at least he knows where he stands. But let's not also forget that while Sheriff Teasdale and the police department, at least certain members, uh, a, a certain uh, officer named Galt in particular, who was a psychopathic scumbag. Right. You know. He was provoked. But nonetheless, many crimes he were committed. destroy half yeah. the town and right. severely injure some police officers. Right. Uh didn't kill them the way he does in the novel. I was going to say, like, I definitely prefer the movie version of what goes down, <laughs> all things considered, because while I haven't read the novel, I do know that, yeah, it, it and, doesn't work out great for all manner of police. And anybody who's read the novel would, would also be aware that there is no possibility of a sequel novel featuring right. Rambo right, in right. any ways. In fact... Even the movie almost ended with Rambo. Yes. First Blood ended almost ended with Rambo committing suicide. Right. Right. Can you imagine? Ugh. I don't think the movie would have been as popular. I really don't. Well, that and just can you imagine what that have, would have meant for just, you know, again, action movie history for the next couple of years? Yeah. Like, would we still get Commando? I suppose probably. Well, Commando came out the same year, so I don't know if it was one of those parallel. It could even be one of those parallel de- developments, even where they're like, "Look, we know they're making 
a big budget action movie starring Stallone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. get a big budget action movie starring Schwarzenegger out. No, I mean in term in terms of be of Commando being like a Rambo type thing, I, I'm I'm with you on that. It's just a matter of oh, they're doing a big movie with this guy. We got to do one with Schwarzenegger. You know. <laughs> um. But let's just you know let's 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 write let's write something out. So Rambo volunteers from the mission, and they head to. Do they to go to? Um, are they in I, Thailand? I can't remember if they go to Thailand or Cambodia. First Cambodia, to get, to be yeah, yeah. I'm guessing Thailand though. Uh, Cambodia in '85 probably wouldn't work, so I'm guessing Thailand. Yeah, I, I, they, I can't remember honestly because we just saw it a few days ago. But I'm, I'm going to guess Thailand. It's because it's not important. To the, it doesn't. You know, no, I mean ultimately he's going to end up in yeah. A, a, you know, a little bit of setup, put Rambo in the jungle, action. Right, and 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 in between that is maybe the one of the most iconic, if maybe the most iconic scene of the uh, movie, which you know, like we discussed on Friday, like I still go through it in my head uh, virtually every day, and that's the scene where Ran- Rambo, um, he's getting, he's preparing for his. Um, mission he's preparing for the flight so he's going through his gear and he's like sheathing knives and he's you know he's he's loading his ammo and he's tying his boots and that's you know it's the scene that runs through my head when i'm doing like any sort of mundane thing like tying my shoes or you know putting my phone in my pocket or whatever (laughs) you know you're getting ready to go to work you know the, the whole scene of rambo gearing up for this mission goes through your head every time it always will forever yeah we meet the commander of the mission uh Played a Murdoch played by Charles Napier. He gives Rambo the rundown, like we're going to send you in with all this equipment, and we want you to take pictures to prove that the POWs are there. And then you come back. You know, you're not to engage the enemy in any way. We're giving you a crap ton of weapons, but don't use them. Yeah, yeah. Never engage the enemy, but just in case you can, here's enough to like blow up five regiments of them. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to take out an entire regiment of Vietnamese troops, but don't. Yeah. Take pictures, and he's like, what am I supposed to do? Just leave them there? But the plan, as is explained to Rambo, is like, I'll come back once, once we have proof that they're there, your old commanding officer, Colonel Troutman, is going to take a commando unit in to rescue him. We it, just need the proof that they are there. And, and what do you suppose they expected him to use those explosive arrow tips on? If not just to, you know, take pictures. It's like, <laughs> and here's some explosive arrow tips. Like the gun, I guess I kind of get, but the explosive arrow tips seem to be a bit much, but they're awesome. And, and yeah, they, they apparently have some sort of nuclear... Yeah. <laughs> technology inside those because the explosions they're able to give off are apocalyptic. There's something else. So we also meet um, Erickson, played by Martin Cove, who I'm giving the Whip Bissell Award to. Oh, right on. Because Martin Cove, it's, it's such a minor role, but he actually does a little bit with it. There's, there's, some, there's some life to that character that you can see, yes. yeah. And, and he's almost set up to be like, you know, because he's this big muscle dude himself. Right. And he's almost set up like to be like, you think like, hmm, if Rambo goes out of control, I'm the one that's going to be able exactly. to take yes. on Rambo mano y mano. That's exactly, that's exactly the impression. And if this movie was made like maybe two years later, that's probably exactly what would happen. 
So they send Rambo in, and of course, immediately things go wrong. You know, he's he's hung up trying to, you know, parachute out of the plane. Uh, you know, he loses his equipment. He lands away from his uh, his landing zone. But he's still able to, despite all of this. Yeah, he he finds, finds his, his bearings real fast. Finds his bearings and meets up with his contact co, played by Julia Nixon. Um, she's a Vietnamese, you know, ally, and is going to be his guide to where the prison camp is. And it's also established that this is the same area that Rambo escape from when he was held right whether it's the same prison camp or not they never really get into no. but it was where rambo spent a lot of time when he was serving in vietnam right troutman establishes that in the beginning like part of the reason we're picking you is because no one knows the area better uh, also we should establish that before we he rambo even leaves in the mission he tells troutman he's the only one he trusts because murdoch lied to them about where he was during vietnam yeah, yeah, he had, um, yeah, right, Murdoch was uh, basically, you know, he, he had asked where he served and Murdoch came up with something and uh, still, uh, Rambo rather knew he was lying. And and through the whole part of it, too, every time, you know, Rambo's out of the scene and Murdoch is t- talking with Troutman, you can tell um, Murdoch doesn't really care about this mission. No. It's an assignment he's been given whatever, you know, this wasn't my war, Colonel. I'm just here to clean up the mess. Right, you can tell he's just checking a box. Whereas, you know, Rambo and Troutman both have a personal investment because they served in the war and Rambo himself was a POW. Right, like, I mean, well, Troutman especially, like, not only does he want the mission to succeed, but he wants his friend to come back safe. Yes. And he's also hoping this will be a catharsis for Rambo as well. Exactly. Right. Maybe this will get some of his help him exercise Closure, some yeah. demons. So, you know, Rambo and Co. Of course, you know this is an '80s movie, so of course, romantic feelings do yeah. kind of evolve right. out of nowhere. Right. She's the female lead. He's the male lead. So you know, attractive love female, ensues. You know, spend some time together, and you know. Almost, you almost wonder too. Is Co just more enamored with the idea of going to America because she, she like, well, you think you maybe you can bring me to America when this is all done? And Rambo's like, yeah, why not? Right. Well, I mean, you can tell he doesn't, and and uh, or at least you know you feel like he doesn't necessarily know where his life is going. No, he just he seems to want to go home, but I'm not sure he knows what that is. I mean, we find out later it's literally Arizona, but um. You don't really get that sense from him that he knows quite where he's going. Well, and again, you know from First Blood, he was just wandering the country right. anyways. Right, he was literally, yeah, he was just a drifter. So, they find the prison camp, and Rambo doesn't have the camera to make take pictures, but he sees that prisoners are there. And this is where... Okay. So Rambo goes against orders, and he frees one of the guys, and they start escaping through the jungle. And from here, the action kicks off and very, and pretty much goes right to the end of the movie. 
there's there's a little bit a tiny bit of a low but from this point on it is pretty much action all the way because right, right. this is where the movie kicks yeah and it kind of it just stays from there because the what the lull is basically a torture scene so right but it's not long after that he gets the guy out of the the the, the, the he's been like hung up on a on a tied to a, a, a cross and it's not it doesn't take long for the Vietnamese to notice hey wasn't there a guy there before and wasn't this guy over here alive when we were here a second ago? Yeah. I think something's up. You, you could tell this was pure emotion on Rambo's part. He just doesn't, he was not thinking this through. Well, and I think also maybe he was thinking, if I can't take a picture, let me take an actual guy. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. So they're chased through the jungle and, you know, they make it back to the pirate boat that helped get them there. And there's an action sequence on the pirate boat and there's, you know, they're attacked by a patrol boat, and you know, again, we get over the top, over the top, macho, killing, action, bone breaking, stabbing, oh, yeah. shooting. You know, rocket launcher blowing up boats, boats crashing, they exploding. Lots of lots of faceless bodies flying, uh, falling down as bullets just you know indiscriminately and sprayed. Yep. I, I want to give a special award to every stuntman extra in this movie who played a Vietnamese or Russian soldier or a bad guy because without these dozens of actors we don't have Rambo being killed this yeah. is an empty movie because this no. is all about absolutely it's the next hour of the movie <laughs> yes this is about a huge body count, bullets flying, bodies being exploded, and every and and stabbed and gouged and shot in every particular manner that Rambo can do it. In. I, I like this take. Like to use a professional wrestling analogy, you know, Stallone, he's he's Hulk Hogan, he's John Cena. Everybody else are the jobbers making him look good. Yeah, I like that analogy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even to the point where, like, as Rambo's escaping the boat, you know. Co and the POW have made it off the boat. They've sworn to shore. Rambo's about to skate. This one last dying pirate decides, instead of like, I should get off this boat too because the flaming wreckage of the patrol boat is about to crash. Let me see if I can strangle Rambo somewhere. Which, you know, doesn't end well for him. And Rambo's able to make the escape and get to shore. And at this point, he tells Co, it's like, all right, your, your job is done. Blend into the jungle let them keep chasing me. I got a chopper coming to pick me up. On the chopper is Colonel Troutman, Erickson Martin Cove, and Sunglasses Guy, who I'm not sure we've given a name. Lifer. It's for whatever I remember that because I'm not sure why it's his name, but it's Lifer. Or that's what they call him anyway. Well, as they're being chased through the rice pad, as Rambo and, and the POW are being chased through the rice paddle, they fly in, and Erickson calls in. It's like, it looks like Rambo has... No, it's Troutman who calls it in. He's got one of our boys. That gets back to the base, and of course, all the soldiers there who hear that message start cheering. He got one of our boys. One of our boys is coming home. Murdoch immediately clears the room and tells... Um, Erickson, Martin Cove, he asked to abort. And this is where I want to give Martin Cove that little bit of extra credit. 
Yeah. Because as he's flying in, he clearly does not want to rent, leave Rambo and that POW behind. Right. And Troutman is furious at the idea, too. He's commanding them to land. It's Lifer who pulls the gun on Troutman and says, right. we're aborting the mission, sir. It's over. And you kind of, Cove gives this little look like if he you want have that gun, yeah. I'd go down and get it. Almost like if Troutman... Like, um, you actually, if you do give me that order to go down, I can say I was following Troutman. He, he gives that little bit of ambiguity, like right. maybe he could have got Rambo out. But they No, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Like Martin Cove, I mean, and the, and when you first see him and he's acting kind of like a tough guy, you almost get the impression like, well, he kind of sees Rambo as like a burned out criminal. You know, um, so you know, you almost get that impression like, yeah, he probably does think he's better than him. And like, who is this guy supposedly is a legend? Like, why is Troutman going through all this effort? But that's not, you know, it's not quite the same thing as like actively working against him, which I'm with you. Like, I, I'm sure when I first saw this movie, especially in context of having seen Karate Kid, I would have been like, oh man, he's obviously evil. Uh, I don't yeah. think I could have possibly, you know, I don't think I could have possibly seen it any other way, but I, I'm with you. To me, I think, I, I think, um, Martin Cove's character, uh, Erickson. I think he's on the. Uh, I, I think yeah. I think he was with Troutman on that one, but obviously couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, I think like most of the world, we were introduced to Martin Cove, right. John Kreese, the sensei of the Cobra Kai, psychopathic sensei. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know we're therefore like, well, this guy's obviously evil. Right, right. Like it wasn't hard to imagine. Like, oh, so this is who Creasy was before he was, you know, the the head of the Cobra Kai. Karate, well, the karate Kid establishes that John Kreese was exactly. a Vietnam veteran. Exactly. I'm sure as a kid I thought they were the same guy. So they fly off back to base and Rambo and the POW are captured. And when they return to base, of course, Troutman confronts Murdoch and saying, this was all a setup. They were never supposed to find POWs there anyway. The mission was supposed to fail. You could go back to Washington and report nothing happened, and we could all go about our lives. Meanwhile, those men are still being held there. And then Murdoch gives his political point of view. It's like, hey, look, you know, what, what do you want to do? Start another war to go right. get over the these, get our, these boys back? Send more troops in here? You know, this... It's almost a no-win situation. Well, the thing, and that's the interesting thing, like for 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 this movie, for for what, especially what this movie is about to be um, in the in the ensuing you know sixty minutes or so, like it's pretty pretty high concept dialogue. I mean, it's I mean whether you agree with Napier or not, I mean I don't, but he's kind of got a point. He's like he's trying to avoid another war. That's his perspective. He's trying to avoid another international flare-up. Like, what are we going to do? Invade? You know, well, we just ended this. Are we going back to this? I kind of you you can you can at least again. It's it's obviously he's the bad guy, but you can kind of see like it's it's clever enough that you can kind of see the point of view that, that he's working with. It's not just straight up like ha ha ha. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and then Troutman points out, it's like, well, this was all a publicity stunt, so we could say, oh, right, look, we tried to find our POWs, we just couldn't. We didn't give up, but you know, we've given up on them. But as far as our, we want to tell the public, right. we're not giving up. We just can't find them. Right. Well, because again, it, it gives the implication, or at least Murdoch is giving the implication that his. 
his orders because I don't think this is his idea necessarily to to no. run the operation this way. I it, I believe it was his order to make sure that nothing happened, or at least try to make sure that nothing happened. Because again, the alternative is well, now we got to go get them and probably risk another flare up in order to do it. And um, you know that's that's the motivation. And the POW that Rambo briefly rescued says is like, no, we weren't there. Like they move us around a lot. Right. We weren't even there two weeks ago. So the whole point was for Rambo to find an empty prison camp, right. come back and say, there's nobody there. Right. Now, I got to play devil's advocate. Because while Rambo didn't trust Murdoch, he didn't know this information. No. He just knew and, he, he just knew he was untrustworthy because he knew he wasn't in the service or at least lied about it. And if he had done what he was supposed to do, again, he didn't have the ca- camera to take the pictures. Yeah, because the whole the whole incident at the beginning, the whole incident rather at the beginning. But he should have at least given Troutman the benefit of the doubt. Saw for himself that the prisoners were there. Gone back to the helicopter been extracted and of course you know murdoch would have still done the same thing and tried to cover it up i don't think murdoch would have believed him but he would have tried to say like oh he's a we have no proof right like troutman would have believed him but what would he have done about it what could he have well, done and troutman might have even spun like to his superiors like this guy's he's he's crazy right you know we got him out of a prison he blew right. up half the town that's he definitely probably, what murdoch would have said thinks he probably thinks he really did see POWs in there. Exactly. But where's the proof? Exactly. You know, and then, of course, you know, Troutman and, and Rambo would have, you know, taken control of the situation. And That would have been the next, that would have been the movie, right? Which would have been like, yeah, Troutman and Rambo. Actually, that could have been fun. Well, that's kind of where You kind of get that three in three. Goes. Yeah, you kind of yeah. get that in three. But because obviously, again, all the other soldiers, operatives there, we're down for rescuing these these troops as well. Well, because as far you could tell, as far as everyone, at least in a obviously military uniform or olive drab anyway, they thought this was a legit thing and were genuinely excited when he found them. Uh, whereas Even, the only other two people who were not dressed in olive drab are the ones, you know, more or less twirling their mustaches. Well, no, because even Crease was excited about finding the, the POW. Right. But I think what Crease is, he's, Kreese, he's Erickson, Erickson, Martin Erickson. Cook. But he's but I mean, I was under the impression that Erickson was actual army. He might he might have been working with Murdoch because he was ordered to. But I was under the impression Erickson was actual army, whereas um I don't really know about Murdoch and Lifer, but uh, I, I think the, the, you know, the, the theory is maybe CIA. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, uh, by rescuing that one prisoner, Rambo put the ones that he left behind at heavy risk. For sure. Because the Vietnamese may have just said, execute them all and bury them in that ditch. Exactly. And let's get out of here. Let's make sure they definitely find nothing yet. Yeah. Uh, that being said, of course, this is just an 80s action movie, so that's not what happens. So Rambo and the, the POW are taken back to the prison camp, and uh, now we're introduced to uh, Stephen Burkoff plays a Russian uh, commander, you know, who is allied with the... Um, Allied with the Vietnamese. Well, he'd be like an advisor, right? For yes. the uh, Vietnamese communist government. Yeah. 
and he's got it's a pretty thankless role for Burkhoff because other than this scene he doesn't really get a lot to do no no basically get killed later but yeah yeah but even the I mean any other person Spoiler. could have filled in that role at the end of that, that movie too he comes in to torture Rambo to get him to confess about what's going on and how the the mil- they've intercepted a lot of the you know radio contact between because he's like he he we intercepted you know Murdoch telling the chopper right. to leave you there here it is you know abort mission they left you Rambo you know the old sign this and and tell us all the crimes your country has committed and we will yeah. talk to you well I mean that that's the I mean that's the scene that they hired Burkoff for is to pull off this scene the torture scene and actually make it you know good because he's a you know he's a good actor um that's pretty much it i mean it's I, that, at least that's my feeling it's just to make this this scene because it's an, it's one of the more pivotal scenes of the movie um work it's one again it's one of the more well remembered scene i mean who doesn't remember the the rusty coily uh mattress frame um electric torture rack yeah and and for for and uh, russian uh, vinnie jones Listeners know Stephen Burkoff as Victor Maitland, the villain from the Beverly Hills Cop. So, yeah, we get the torture sequence. And, of course, Rambo doesn't, you know, he takes the torture, refuses to, to submit. It's not till they bring the POW he rescued in and threaten to put a, a, a burning hot knife into his eyes that Rambo finally acquiesces and says, yes, I'll call my base and give him my location. And he calls back to the base and, you know, Troutman's like, oh, we're glad to hear from you. He's like, is Murdoch there? Murdoch picks it up like, hey, Rambo, glad you're okay. Buddy, uh, yeah. Buddy there, uh, pal. Uh, where are you? We'll come get you. Murdoch, I'm coming for you. And of course, Rambo goes Rambo. He goes Rambo. Beats the crap out of everybody there. Co had come back. Co has snuck into the camp and helps him get out of the situation. They don't get that POW back. He's unfortunately still held, but Co and Rambo escape the base once again and head off into the jungle where, you know, after they think they've gotten away for a little bit, they're found and Co is killed instantly. Just as like Rambo is like, I just as they established how they've loved each other. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean they, had, they don't say it, but you can see where that's going. Like he's going to take her to America, and he found someone that understands him, and it's like, oh, and then immediately, and, boom. And finally, I can be happy. Co, yeah. Why is all your blood on the outside now? Right. He takes this little jade pendant that she'd been wearing, puts it around his yes. neck, which is way too small. It looks like it's you can strangling tell. him. It really does. It looks very uncomfortable. Like for her, it's like hanging halfway down her body that he puts it on and it's like strangling him. Yeah. He, you know, makes his way into the jungle and he's able to find his equipment, his bow and arrows and all the stuff that he'd lost earlier. Or Coed found it and brought it to that location. From here on in, the movie is just an extended series of action sequences. I mean, it's a meme from here on in. 
<laughs> the movie's a meme. The movie literally becomes a meme from this point, uh, if it wasn't already. And it's amazing. And it's 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 wonderful. And one of my favorite scenes is coming up. We we even get a little bit of a repeat of what Rambo did in the first movie, where he uses his training to camouflage himself, set traps, and take out his pursuers one by one. Whereas in the first movie, he only severely injures them. Here he's killing him. And there's one part where he's dragging a soldier into like a little cave that he's hiding in. And for some reason, the soldier doesn't yell, hey, guys, right. I'm attacked right now. He's like, ah, ah, oh, boy, I hope a big knife doesn't come down in my face. Um, I like I like your like uh, head cannon edit where like maybe he got the wind knock off. Yeah, they that really works. should have shown him maybe hitting the ground hard and not being you know, being winded and not be, it just seems a little silly the way they, they show it in the, in the movie. The, the scene, which if I remember right, gets shown uh, a lot in the trailer, or at least it got shown a lot for the trailer that was on HBO, which is that camouflage scene of him in the mud. And yes. you see his eye, that's still really cool. That's still really well done. Yeah, he does just disappear in there. And then he opens his eye and yeah. you see like the, the wall of mud has an eye. Right. It's, it's such a, it's so well done. Uh, they they lead him. He leads them on a merry chase through a village where he lures some of them into a dried out field and sets that field on fire. Takes out a bunch of them. He gets the high ground with his explosive arrow arrowheads, and he's blowing up trucks and buildings with these things. I mean, it's it's like an arrow. It's like an arrow tip that holds I don't know maybe an ounce of whatever explosive this is, but it hits the ground like a cluster bomb. It's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it's got like multiple reentry vehicles. Apparently, it's it's fantastic. You know, next he's leading them on a chase through the jungle, and then he gets to this big, you know, beautiful waterfall against all these rocks. <laughs> this is my favorite scene. <laughs> like, I, only, I, yeah, it's I, only... I don't know who this gentleman is, but he is my Whitbissell Award winner because he has to try to pull off just a, an amazingly objectively dumb but still like fun as hell scene like i still smile broadly every time it goes through it because this poor guy has to like play off missing <laughs> missing rambo from like feet away multiple different ways while rambo just con calmly has a bow and then blows him up with it well, i just uh, love it look up who played captain men oh right yeah okay um i didn't realize so, yeah. that was you're right yeah. i didn't realize that was his name um, so he's chasing after, like you said, he's chasing after Rambo and he's shooting at Rambo and can't seem to hit him. And once he runs out of ammunition and ammunition is AK, Rambo starts slowly getting out his explosive bow. Men who has apparently read the script or at least seen what's happened to all his men starts to run for it. And Rambo shoots him with that explosive bow and pulls him to pieces. It's just wonderful. It's At very, it's point. very visceral too. Like this is, it's. Uh, I mean, the movie had been obviously quite violent up until this point, but like, this guy blows up into literal giblets. Yes. <laughs> like, there's nothing else like that in this movie until this point. It's, it's something else. For ten year old me, it blew my mind. And then to build on that, a helicopter comes over the waterfall with this huge explosive bomb that it drops down on Rambo. And Rambo has to outrun this massive explosion, dive from the waterfall into the, into the river as an, another apocalyptic explosion erupts on the mountainside behind him. Um, and I want to just because this movie was dedicated yes. to 
um, Clifford Wegner, who was a um, effects coordinator who apparently, while setting some of the explosives for the scene, lost his footing and fell to his death. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh, what was the name again? Clifford Wegner. Clifford Wegner. So, Rambo is swimming underwater, and for some reason, the helicopter decides, let me fly down yeah, low enough. like an inch so above if, the water. <laughs> if Rambo isn't dead, he'll be able to climb in. And I think, like, every shark movie has now stolen this scene. Well, um, <laughs> Jaws 2 did it before. Oh, did Jaws 2 too? That's right. That's right. The- Jaws 2 would have been earlier. That guy at least had a reason to land his helicopter <laughs> on the water. Right. right. Like, yeah, they go right. I mean, I guess they want a closer look, but still, come on. Yeah, they obviously wanted to confirm the kill, but, you know, anyway, so Rambo's able to jump out. You know, uh, he, kills, he kills the he, two crew members. He kills, he kills, uh, I think he kills Russian Vinnie Jones. And then, yeah. um, and then I love how, like, he goes up to the pilot who just jumps out into the rocks. Yeah. Like, well, he pulls chance. out his knife, and the pilot's like, yeah, you know what? I think it'll be less painful right. if I die dashing against these rocks. Right, well, I'll just dive into the rapids and take my chances, which is honestly probably the wise move. At this point, after what he must have seen by now, it's got to be the wiser move. So now Rambo has a helicopter. And it's, yes, and now if the movie wasn't amazing, now it gets even more amazing. And he flies in over those that prison camp launching missiles, machine gun fire, you know, blowing up at least an equal amount of soldiers that he's killed before. And you're kind of almost Oh, like, for sure. Rambo, careful. There's still prisoners there. You know? Right. Right. Like, he, he, he has impeccable aim with this thing. He's like, you know. I got the good guy bullets. They won't exactly. kill big guys. Exactly. They have plowed armor. We're all set. Blows the hell out of it. Lands. I mean, Lands. it is like, it is, it is, I mean, I don't know how many times I replayed essentially this scene in my head with, again, my G.I. Joe's, like, yeah. for pretty much like five straight years. Uh, and this is also, this is also where you get, uh, well, I guess uh, it was probably in First Blood as well, but this is where you get the first like real good Rambo scream as he's just going through the helicopter um, yeah. scenes. It's, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's Again, this movie is a meme for a reason and it's all the best ones. It's just, I mean, you can eat like seven pounds of popcorn through this. He, he grabs the machine gun from the helicopter door because apparently there are still some soldiers left alive coming at him. Yep. But he blows them all away, rescues the rest of the prisoners, gets them on board. You know, they're still under fire. One of the prisoners, unfortunately, takes a bullet, but guess it doesn't kill him. Now we got a helicopter escape chase. Because as he's trying to get away in their little helicopter, an even bigger, massive attack helicopter flown by our villain, you know, Stephen Burkoff, is chasing after him. So now we get a yeah, it's a, a classic Soviet gunship. You've seen if you've seen Red Dawn, you've seen it. You 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 know, it's uh, it's pretty sweet looking. Again, if you're you know <laughs> inclined in action movie context, is it's 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 iconic. Um, yeah, so we get this whole aerial chase scene and. You know, his chopper, Rambo and the POW's chopper is hit, and yeah. <laughs> he's forced to land, but we're only seeing this from the, the villain's perspective, who flies in and looks like, oh, looks like, did they crash? Did I bring them down? 
you know, the helicopter. let me get a closer look. <laughs> yeah, let me land not too far away and get a closer look. And I'm going to sneer and smile when I see that Rambo is lying dead in the pilot seat. Oh, what's that? He's getting up and pointing something circular <laughs> at me. I think that's let me get a closer one. look. <laughs> And oh. Rambo, Rambo's, you know, selling that he's dead or unconscious or whatever. It's like, but you could have done that with your eyes open. Like you could have played it a little bit safer because he waits a long time to pull out that law and then a little while longer to shoot it. Like he's, he's, that's a hell of a gamble that the guy didn't just fly over and go, oh, it's down. Let me just fire one less rocket and be done with it. Because that's what I would yeah. have done. But again, you know, movie plot yeah. armor for yeah. the convenience, you know, because the movie needs to happen. Exactly. Exactly. It's Rambo. Come on. So he flies it back into base and lands. And of course, all the, 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 the soldiers are going there to help and rescue the POWs. And, you know, Troutman is pretty much taking command now. Like, come on, you heard him. He's coming in with wounded. Let's get out there on that. And even, and again, uh, Martin Kovas Erickson is out there rushing to help and and aid in any way he can as well. Right. And when when Rambo lands and walks up to him, well, actually, first Rambo again grabs the machine gun, wraps it around, walks past Erickson. It's like, glad you made it, Rambo. Rambo, of course, punches him and kicks him and knocks him out. And you almost like, I think he was being sincere, Rambo. Right. I mean, yeah, he probably Rambo. Technically, because, Rambo only knows him as the guy who took off when, when yeah. he had a prisoner of war with him. So, you know, it's understandable. That and then Troutman, who sees Rambo, is carrying the machine gun, going into the inside the hangar where Murdoch is, right. knowing Rambo is in a fury doesn't say anything and just lets Rambo walk by him. Right, he looks right at him, eyes wide open, beats up beats up Martin Cove, and then he just like walks away as if, I'll be right back. <laughs> I and just gotta do something real quick. Hold nothing. on. Troutman's and just like, when, carry on. <laughs> as you were. When Rambo goes in and starts shooting up all the computers and the machinery, Troutman No one does like, anything. <laughs> Troutman reacts like, I had no idea you were going to do that. Like, what are you doing, Rambo? I saw you walk past me with the machine gun. I didn't know you were going to shoot things with it. You almost get the impression Troutman's like, oh, he wants him to show, wants to show him his machine gun. Yeah. Yeah, he acts surprised when he fires it. And Rambo, That's a pretty and sweet machine gun and ammo belt there, Rambo. Go, check, go let Murdoch see it. Yeah. Show him what you use to escape. Right. He'll want to put it in his report. Right, right. That's pretty dope. Check it out. So he shoots the crap out of everything and empties the machine gun into the ceiling. Then he grabs Murdoch by the tie, slams him down on the desk, pulls his knife, and looks like he's going to drive it right through Murdoch's face. But he slams the knife into the table next to Murdoch and says, mission accomplished, and then leaves. Again... Which, Troutman while technically true, I don't know if shooting up the entire room was part of the mission. No. So, Rambo goes back out, and Troutman's like, we'll give you a medal for this. Yeah. And yeah. Rambo's like, give it to them, right. you know? And he's like, well, what do you want? He's like, what do I want? He goes, you know, don't hate your country for this. And he's like, hate my... I love my country. 
I love my country so much I'd die for it. What do I want? I want my country to love me and what they want. You know, we, we want our country to love us as much as we love it. Right. And then ahead, he sorry. walks off into the jungle as schmaltzy 80s music, music plays. Frank Stallone, baby. Because, again, in earlier in the movie, you know, when, when Murdoch reversed to the jungles of Vietnam as hell, Trumpman says, what you call hell, he calls home. Tag and as, as Rambo is walking off into the jungle, you can say, well, I guess he's going home. Right. Movie ends, credits roll. And... It is one of the. It's still one of the best action movies ever made. Oh yeah, it, it's it's ridiculously over the top. Which what makes it? Which is part of what makes it one of the best action movies ever made. Yes, certainly and what I, makes it an icon. Aside from Stallone, you know, really one of the few truly nonstop action movies. Mm-hmm. You know, where once it gets going, it really just. And not only does it keep going, it builds and builds and builds. The things get bigger and more spectacular and more over. Just when you think they can't over the top what they've just done, they go further with it. Yep. So, I mean, it just, I mean, what are we preaching to the choir? People like, huh, I'll have to check Rambo, out. yeah, wow. This Rambo movie they're talking about. Well, I mean, again, <clears throat> hopefully the uh, podcast or this episode, like I said, finds finds folks who haven't seen it yet. Maybe the younger. Uh, I mean, this movie is coming up on 40. So, Well, and, you know, I think also it has that reputation of being ridiculous and people thinking like it's bad, ridiculous, but not. Right. Or I might be dumb for liking it type of thing, which, yeah. you know, I mean, maybe I, I guess I'm dumb, too, but it's it's OK to like stuff. Like, it's OK it's to find not... entertainment and things. <laughs> it doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to teach you anything. I wouldn't form too many political opinions from this movie for sure, but enjoy it. It's just fun. Yeah. If like you said, if you want to just sit and eat popcorn and be stunned and entertained for, you know, hour and a half. This is the movie to do it with. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, there's a reason why it's you know and and well, I'll, there there are five films in the franchise now, but Rambo three did not perform nearly as well. And you no, know, uh, and it is to be it's it's to me it's clearly I guess you know the weakest I guess of the five, but these are five good movies. I still <laughs> it's enjoy a good Rambo. franchise. I still enjoy Rambo 3, but I yeah. think Rambo 3 is more what people accuse Rambo First Blood Part 2 of being. Exactly. No, Rambo 3 is certainly more of the meme that uh, people want to put on Rambo 2. Um, it's still a fun movie. Rambo 4 and 5 are really good, too. Though. Um, it, it, or Rambo, I forget what they call them. Rambo Last, Rambo, technically John Rambo, Rambo 4, and uh, Last Blood, Rambo 5, are both really good. Yeah. Five is really different from all the other movies as well. Sure, but that's still very, very visceral. Oh yeah, no, they get bloodier. They get bloodier and bloodier as they go. Certainly four and five. I think with Rambo three, they really thought they could just get away with. Well, all we really need to do is have Rambo blowing things up. Just exist, yeah, and and yeah, exist with a gun and then explosions, yeah, which is technically accurate in nineteen eighty seven. I mean, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, that's about all I was looking for. That would have been 88. 
idiot. Okay, but either and, way, to be honest with you, that's all I was looking for. What certainly didn't help was also in '88 we got Die Hard. Yes, which again changed the that standard changed of it. action movies. Yeah. Right, because then and, you had John McClane, who like he got hit, he got hurt, he got beat up. He was um, he was not like special forces. He wasn't anything. He was just a you know guy. He's just a cop. Uh, much like Nirvana killed and grunge killed hair metal, Die Hard killed the big, you know, one man army action movie. I mean, I would say it. I would. I would definitely well, I mean, killed it's, its prominence. It killed its prominence at like the top of the yes. blockbuster chart. Like blockbusters were starting to get a little bit smarter because again, John McClane showed that oh, you can have your action hero be like vulnerable. Get get beaten up like because like Stallone is except you know when he's being tortured but like Stallone is not in too much danger except for the plot like in general but at the end of the day like he's got it handled whereas John McClane you can see has to like yeah he knows what he's doing but at the end of the day he's outmatched and it clearly shows that and you know all the cleverness and like you know trickery and chicanery that he has to get through to, to, to go through it and um honestly obviously that's you know part of what makes Die Hard um great and uh, certainly a movie we will likely cover but it doesn't like suddenly make Rambo suck or anything like that um, we still got some of these movies but I think they're mostly like foreign based because they hadn't got caught up to like Die Hard yet to, to try to yeah. like you know capture that uh, but it's just yeah you didn't see the prominence in this sort of thing it really it wouldn't be until much later that the Expendables would try to like at least call back to it well, I mean, even then, it was 20 years before Rambo made it back. Exactly. Exactly. And even then, he made it back. Uh, and you could tell, though, that when Rambo makes it back or comes back in Rambo 4 and 5, you can see the effect that the Die Hard movies and what came out since has yeah. had on it, though. Yeah. But also, they had to do that because Rambo would have been like 60 or something at this point, at the very least. But, I mean, again... Rambo was such so big at the worldwide box office. People know Django Unchained, of course. You know, sure. Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained starring Jamie Foxx. Sure, and uh, Leo DiCaprio and Christoph Waltz, yeah. So, the original Django movie was a 1966 Spaghetti Western that was so popular... It was getting the, the there were movies and, and Franco Nero played Django, and almost any Western Nero was in after that was renamed to be a Django movie, even though they weren't any official oh, Django. Gotcha. Anytime they showed up, especially in Germany, it's like, oh, it's a Django sequel. It wasn't a Django sequel. Gotcha. Django didn't get a sequel until 1987, 20 <clears throat> years later. Franco Nero coming back, and even though it's still a western, it's ripping off Rambo. That's incredible. Django I gotta see that. Two is a western, and and I'm I will be posting the the one of the posters of Django Strikes Back, Django Two on our Instagram and Twitter account just to show you how much that was inspired by Rambo. Like I'm only familiar with Django based on like the DVDs and what you've told me about it. I don't. I think I might have seen the first movie when you had the DVD at some point, but no, I didn't know that. Like I, I know vaguely who Franco Nero is and, and Django and such. Um, what like when the movie Django Unchained came out, that was the first thing I thought of, and then I realized, okay, yeah, no, they're just kind of using the name. Um, 
I didn't know that though. That's that's kind of cool. So that would be kind of like if we suddenly found out that like Charles Bronson had made a bunch of movies in say Germany that we didn't know about, and when we imported them here, it's like, well, let's just call them Death Wish like six, seven, eight, and nine or something. Exactly. Gotcha. And in fact, Death Wish three is clearly inspired by Rambo. Oh God, yeah. Oh God, yeah. In the most that, wonderful that ways. Browning machine gun to mow down the games. Right. Um. Death Wish Three is definitely we have to cover Death Wish Three for sure. Now that movie is a meme, um, like that's the movie. <laughs> if you want to really like lean in on a movie, it's not Rambo. It's Death Wish Three. Death Wish, Death Wish Three is a trip in every way, shape, and form. Um, and if you want, and and right now it's available to watch on Amazon Prime. Ah, Rambo. It's a, movie, it's a movie called Strike oh. Commando, starring Reb Brown. Strike Commando is one of those literal ripoffs where they're like taking entire scenes out of Rambo, including Reb Brown doing the gearing up for war. Is is it the Black Cobra of Rambo movies? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So check out the Strike Commando and Strike Commando Two, and they're entertaining. They're fun, dumb, violent. I mean, they're even dumber than Rambo and Rambo Three. And then yeah. there's, then there's also you know shout out to um, again we're not friends with him he doesn't even know we exist but uh, Brad Jones the cinema snob who showed us uh, was it Thunderhawk, Thunder, Thunder, but those are the first blood ripoffs, right? But nonetheless, you know they they were they they nonetheless I mean it's yeah but that was but it's just Italian. what I'm saying it, it went everywhere like everybody had their version of Rambo one way or the yeah. other yeah. But I mean, if you really want to see like an example of, boy, is this a blatant ripoff? Strike Commando. Strike Commando. Right on. And again, watch First Blood and uh, Rambo: First Blood Part Two and Missioning uh, the first mission and missing in action, and you can do a you know compare mm-hmm. and contrast and be like, yeah, clearly, you know, you would be like, well, this movie came out first, had a. But yeah, they got a hold of the script and, and, and copied it. Gotcha. It would basically be like you stole your friend's homework, copied it, but handed it into the teacher before your friend did. So, um, yeah. All right. So, obviously, recommendations for this movie are almost any 80s action movie that came oh, out. Oh, God. Like yeah. I mean, if you've seen this movie, you know what our recommendations are without even saying them. <laughs> yeah. Um, specifically, I am going to say Missing in Action and Uncommon Valor because they are both about going back to Vietnam to rescue POWs without the aid of, you know, the government. Basically, we're going to have to do this ourselves. Gotcha. Um, Uncommon Valor is probably the best of these three movies in as far as characterization and drama and, and all that. It's also a really good action movie. Got some great action, and it also has Red Brown in it. But, um, yeah, I, I recommend those two as well. And, of course, there's Commando. Yeah. Uh, I also just recently saw, which is actually more in common with Missing in Action Part 2, The Beginning, where Chuck yep. Norris is held and escapes from the uh, prison camp. Rescue Dawn Starring Christian Bale, directed yes. by Werner Herzog. 
That's a good movie. Yeah. It is really good. It's it's a it can be a more difficult watch, especially sure. knowing that it's based, you know, mostly on a true story. Sure. But that's that's really something as well. Oh, I think we forgot to mention that the uh, Rambo First Blood Part Two is was directed by our friend uh Josh. Oh, George Cabana. George P. Cosmatos, yeah. Yeah. Director of uh, Tombstone, among other And Cobra. And Cobra, yep. And uh Leviathan. A lot of our a lot of movies we really enjoyed were directed by by George. Absolutely. Um my one main recommendation, again, this movie we'll probably do later, but this is a movie that uh, came out probably just before Rambo, I think like a year before Rambo. Um, at the time, I think, held the Guinness record. It might not have been Guinness, but at the time, at least was reported to have, like, be the most violent film um, ever made, uh, and that's Red Dawn. And Red Dawn's an interesting movie because it has all of the action you could expect or want in an 80s action movie, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, in my opinion, I think it's 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 interesting in the way that it handles its message, and I and I think it has um, an enduring quality to it, even if you don't necessarily get the connection of this sort of thing happening happening in America. It's really just more of a a general theme of um, freedom fighting, and it's just um, I don't know. It's 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 uh, it's one of my favorites. Well, I mean, really, for for anybody listening to us who's too young to remember the early '80s. Watching Rambo and watching Red Dawn and reading G.I. Joe, or just watching, you know, you can find them on YouTube, those old commercials for the G.I. Joe. You really get a, a tone of what, yes. you know, Reagan's America was like for those few years. Yep. You know, damn those commies, gear up because if they're coming, we're going to give them a fight. Right. All right. Any Any other recommendations? Uh, well, just for random recommendations, um, just because, uh, oh, I, I, I almost had him. I keep calling him Russian Vinnie Jones because to me, he looks exactly like, he looks just like Vinnie Jones, um, the, the actor in uh, Lock, Stocking, Two Smoking Barrels, which is also a very good movie. It's a Guy Ritchie movie. Um, and uh, if you're going to watch that, also watch Snatch, which is an excellent Guy Ritchie movie as well. Um, starring among other folks, you know, Jason Statham, uh, Brad Pitt is in it. He, he plays like an Irish um, traveler. Um, he's hysterical because he does this such this deep accent that's basically impossible to figure out. In fact, I think he's subtitled for the movie. <laughs> like No one can understand him, but it's done so well. Um, uh, but anyway, I just thought of those two movies. So I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm going to suggest those two. Um, my random recommendation is going to be a recent comic book series, the five part all out Avengers, because it was all out action. And the concept of this five issue miniseries is each issue is presented as the last part of an Avengers story where, you know, oh, you missed the two earlier issues where the concept was set up and then the second issue where the villain is revealed and at the end of that issue, they go to confront the villain. No, no, you just get the good part where they've gone to confront the villain. Oh, cool. It's like, you know, this is just each issue is the final battle and they do a good job of like, you know, through exposition of like leading you up to like how they got here, but it's really all about the action and, each issue also stands on its own. So you don't need to find all five. If you go by and you see like, oh, they just have the fifth issue, pick it up and check it out. 
If you enjoy it, look for the other four. There's a thread, there's a plot thread running through all of them to tie it all together. But each issue really does just stand on its own of like, this is just an all-out action Avengers issue. It's a lot of fun. I recommend it. Um, did you look up who to see who was your the the name of your Whip Pistol Award winner? Uh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't find who played Captain Min, but I did find out the the, the fellow who I keep calling Russian Vinnie Jones because to me he looks like Vinnie Jones is a fellow by the name of uh, Voyo Gorik, um, or maybe Gorich, who's a um, uh, he's a Serbian American actor, and um, he's he's the reason I was thinking of uh, Snatch and uh, Lock, Stocking, Two Smoking Barrels. But no, I can't yet find the um, the actor who played Captain Min, who's like again, like, who's the guy who had to like. <laughs> To act through a scene that's pretty ridiculous, but you know he he does a great job looking terrified through it, terrified enough to believe that he might miss all of these many times to then finally get shot by an arrow and then well, explode it into little bits. At this point in the movie, I'd have been terrified of Rambo for sure, for I'd sure. Have been wanted for the jungle. That's what I'm saying. Like it, you know, almost, you know, it's almost, it's it's just about it's just about believable when it plays out spectacularly and the payoff. It's something else. I mean, I love Indiana Jones and the scene the scene where Indy just kind of shoots the guy who's dancing around with the blade is always a classic and it'll always be wonderful, but there's just something about the way that that man just turns into mist. Because, <laughs> like, in a relatively violent movie where lots of stuff explodes, like, that does stand out. <laughs> that particular death stands out to me. Alright, alright. Um, anything else you got to say? No, no. You got right, recommendations, well, I, you know. Do you have a Magnuson Seven Degrees? I do. Um, I'm going to go with Martin Cove, <clears throat> excuse me, who was John Kreese and um, the Karate Kid with uh, Noriyuki Pat Morita, who was in Happy Days with Ron Howard, who directed Ransom with Mel Gibson, who is in, of course, Payback with James Coburn, because that's the movie I use every time. All right. Well, mine's uh, a, lot, a little easier and a lot faster. Of course it is. Richard Crenna was in the Sand Pebbles. I knew you would use him. Queen. Oh, wow. I knew you would use Richard Crenna, but I didn't know it would go that fast. No. Yeah, he's in the Sand Pebbles with Steve McQueen. Also a good movie. What's it about? Uh, it takes place in the 20s in China when the communists were reuniting China Okay. Uh, because I guess China was run by various, like, divided up between warlords at the time. Right. And so the communists were reuniting China. But also at that period of time, there were a lot of American and European financial interests in China and a lot of, you know, Americans and Europeans living in China. Right. So the United States had, Especially English, yeah. had patrol boats and, and troops there to protect them. And Steve McQueen is um, uh, a sailor on the boat, the San Pablo, which is nicknamed the Sand, Sand Pebbles. Pebbles. Okay. And the sailors are the Sand Pebbles themselves. And, you know, the conflicts there in while patrolling the river. Okay. Very good. Well, with that, um, we thank you for listening. We've made 100 episodes. Uh, hopefully you folks are down to listen to 100 more. Because we're going to go for it. Absolutely. Thank uh, you, everyone. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MovieMattSoroyce, all one word, M-O-V-I-E-M-A-T-T-S-I-R-O-I-S. 
like I said, I'll be posting, you know, that, that Django poster and, and a few other things, you know, remind you of our recommendations and all that. And man, I, when we started this podcast, we didn't now we've said this before, but not only did we not really think anybody would listen, I don't think I thought we were going to go a hundred episodes. No. I mean, we, I think we struggled to think of like a good 20 or so at first. Yeah, and it's funny how no matter how many episodes we do, the list of films only gets longer. Yeah. That yeah. we want to do. Yeah, like we, we thought we would do like a good 20 and we've done a mediocre 100. That's not well, bad. Yeah, you know, quantity over quality. <laughs> exactly, that's man. That's what you want to go for. Exactly. We take a shotgun approach to this. Yeah. Ah. We take a Rambo approach to this. <laughs> Use everything, send everything. Pray and pray. Exactly. You, you fire enough shots, you're bound to hit something. Right. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for the hundredth time or so. Stay gold, people. <laughs>